Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. It is May 12th, 2021. We're in the fifth month already, George. Yeah, my my sister-in-law just turned 50 today. Amory's sister, so she's in town. That's so. crazy. Happy birthday, Monique. Yeah, happy birthday, Monique. Should make her, she's going to have to listen to this one now, at yeah, least. She has to. <laughs> so uh, this week we have an awesome guest. Uh, he's a really cool guy. I've been watching a lot of his TikToks. Um, go ahead Watch and, too. <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and introduce yourself, man. Hey, guys, I appreciate y'all for having me. Uh, my name is Victor Vela. I'm a uh, founder and pastor of Renaissance Christianity. Uh, most people know it as the ministry as revolution.revival on TikTok. Um, but yeah, man, I'm a pastor for an online church. Um, at first, primarily, I'm a husband and I'm a father because that's where the ministry starts. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, I started this online church thing. We've been discipling people for almost a year now. And I just launched um, the whole Christian hip hop movement, um, trying to change the game there too, man. So, yeah, yeah, just for in sure. love with Jesus, man. My guy that just loves Jesus. <laughs> I I think I tried to check out one of your your songs, and you just mentioned it. You just made it. I went to Spotify, and for some reason I couldn't find it. And I was like, I don't know him yet to be like, hey man, where is that? I can't remember. What's the latest song you've made? Oh, um, tonight at midnight, um, there's a song dropping called second coming. Maybe that was, um, I thought it was already out. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I posted a video about it because I've been going through some seasons of shadow banning, um, times in the past week, I was trying to post some music and they kept muting my videos, man. I don't know why. I mean, they're like, this sound is not available in this country and you have no right to this music. (laughs) And I'm like, but it's my song i don't know what's going on with that (laughs) i posted this video (laughs) i still had to reach out the christian tiktok community is phenomenal bro like they're just support i mean there are some people there are some um some pharisees up on there you know what i mean yeah um some weirdos too man you know but (laughs) there's a there's just this outstanding support man so i asked open i pretty much just announced that like hey we've been We've been going through um, some shadow banning on the ch- on this channel on this page, and uh, pretty much just announced this this song, and it really just means a lot, man, because <clears throat> it has a lot to do with my testimony, as far as like why I came to Christ, and really like it's real relatable and relevant to a lot of people because I know that, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that a lot of people right now are dealing with this whole struggle where they're like, man, I used to be on fire for God and I just, I'm not that anymore. And I, I want to know how I can get back to that. And there was a period of time last year where I kind of felt that way. Um, just a lot going, a lot goes on life and you don't have the time. Um, like, and like you really just don't have the time to sit down and read the word the way you want to and all this stuff, like certain feelings try to come at you, man. And um, we look around and we see everything that's going on. If you know, if you know enough about the Bible, um, in, in regard to uh, like prophecy and stuff like that, then you really start tripping out that, Hey, Jesus is coming soon, man. And, and you really like kind of have this 
anxious feeling like, man, I want to be ready for his return, you know? So it's, it's, it's something that, um, I really want to get out there cause I know it'll bless a lot of people. So that's why I posted that video, man. But yeah, yeah. I was just a pre-save link. Um, just letting everybody know that they could pre-save it. So that way if they shadow ban me, um, you know, Spotify's algorithm will push it out. People pre-save it enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, so you said you started this online church about a year ago. So in the pandemic, so how did you, how did you start it up? Like, how did that, how did your vision come about for, for doing this online church? Well, I mean, we've, when I say we, I mean, me and my wife, you know, we've been kind of like doing ministry for years. Um, it really wasn't as official, I guess you could say until last year, you know, ever since I got saved, I've always had this inclination to dig deep into the word and encourage people in their faith. And I had this way of understanding the word, you know, so that's why I always make it clear to people like, Hey, I'm just, I'm the same as you. I'm a Christian and there's no, I'm not a super Christian or anything like that. Just because I teach the word doesn't mean that, you know, I'm in, I'm in any higher level than anyone else. You know, it's just that God gives us all different gifts and I, I happen to have a gift to, you know, understand the word a little better um, than most people and explain it to people in a way that's practical to them, you know. So ever since I got saved, I've had that fire to proclaim the word and stuff like that. And um, honestly, there was this point in time where my wife was like, you need to just get up on social media and start like preaching the word of God already. You're a (laughs) pastor. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, no, yeah, I'm not trying to jump into it like that because I know that teachers have a stricter judgment. And I was like, and that scares me. You know, I don't want to just jump in to the ministry just for the sake of, of, of the, um, how do kids say it now? Just for the sake of clout, you know? And, um, it just scared me, man. You know? So over the years I kind of dabbled into like Facebook live and just using my Facebook platform to just post encourage people as I went throughout my day. But throughout the years I worked um, in the oil field, um, for a while, you know, for a couple of years working oil field in West Texas. And, um, throughout the year, you know, the way I see it, honestly, a lot of people think that because they're not pastors, they are, or because they're not, you know, gifted in any obvious way. They think that the ministry isn't for them, but yeah. I see our job is our mission field. Our sphere of influence is your mission field. Your family is your mission field. We're all called ministry in some capacity yeah you know so i always used my job as a means to preach the gospel to everyone around me and i always you know worked as unto the lord so i would always excel i was always one of the best workers around and i would always just point the glory to god so it was always something i say ministry is something i've been doing for the longest time you know yeah but it wasn't until like around the time of the pandemic um a little bit before actually 2019, I would say in the fall, closer to the fall, oil field crashed. Um, and it kind of just put me out of work for a while. So I started working at a, at a car dealership. And I ended up, you know, I worked there and I was actually the top salesman at the time. You know, while I worked there, I was the top salesman every, every, uh, every month that I worked there. But I ended up leaving because I just wasn't spending any time with my family and family is important to me. Yeah. So as soon as I left, I remember like 
before I left, actually, I remember hearing rumors about coronavirus and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. But when I left, that's when everything really hit, you know? So then, like, there was really no work. <laughs> so we kind of struggled for a little while. And um, I remember kind of getting into TikTok a little bit. Uh, fast forward, though, it wasn't until probably mid-year 2020, probably, like, around June, that I had this, like, you know, calling, I guess you could say, to start this page where I would gather up, you know, people, all all types of gifts in the body of Christ. Like, let's say you sing and, and some other guy teaches prophecy. And I wanted to gather all everybody up and throw them all on one page to be the body of Christ on one TikTok channel, you know, intentionally posting to edify and equip the saints, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I did, you know, I created this page with that in mind and it's really hard to convince people to jump on a page like that because a lot of people are seeking their own interests, man. You know, and I wouldn't say that, you know, I had a couple of people get on and that's not why they left. They're really good people. They're just yeah. really busy, but gathering up a lot of the saints is really what was hard. Um, so, you know, we, we kept going and the people that were down for it were still have good relationships and everything, but they kind of just got really busy in their lives. So I was here just doing it anyways. And one day dealing with this whole unemployment situation, uh, wondering what I'm going to do with my life at this point. Um, I'm, I'm 25 years old, you know? Um, and I'm like, man, I'm already 25. I wasted 21 years of my life. Um, doing the thug thing, you know, and I just, I need to do, like, what am I going to do? What's my calling? And um, I had this burning in my heart to do this ministry, man. And I had this gin of us returning back to true Christianity, mm -hmm. seeing the church on fire and coming to Christ for Christ and not for the ticket to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Loving like Christ, the way that Paul and Peter and John, describe Christianity, I believe that's possible, you know, and all I know is that I'm here, God, and, and I have this yearning in my heart to do this. I had a moment with him where I was like, I need to know, I need to know if this is something you want me to do, or if it's just like a dream I have in my own ambition. I was like, I, I, I don't like asking for signs, Lord, because I just want to walk in the faith, but God, I need a sign. Yeah. And I remember that prayer clearly, man. And um, so that same day I posted this video where I was just like, hey, if you're a Christian, watch to the end. You need to listen to what I'm going to tell you. Um, there's a lot of shadow bang going on um, on TikTok. So what we need to do is team up as a body of Christ and, you know, watch to the end. Remember the algorithm, you know, likes watch time, share, comment, engage, you know, all that stuff. So I'm just pretty much calling us to, come together and help each other as Christian TikTokers and, and, you know, pretty much Christians make sure that the gospel gets out there by watching content, stuff like that. So I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning. It's got like thousands and thousands of views. And I'm like, oh, okay, God, that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All right. That's, that's pretty good. So I'm like, all right. So I, I just, um, I pretty much start going. Hey, keep in mind though, like, I thought it was, that was it. Like, as far as that video, I was like, okay, that's awesome. Move on with my life. Dude, it wasn't until a few weeks ago 
that a brother sent me this video or he sent me this random video and he said, Hey bro, I don't know, man, but is this, I really think this is your voice. So I go to this video, I open it up and it's just, um, you know how you can check out the sounds in TikTok? Yeah. Which sure enough, somebody grabbed my audio from that video, the sign video, you know, the, the video that the, the guy gave me a sign with, you know, to start mm-hmm. doing this whole ministry thing. Um, somebody made a video with it. It went, you know, pretty much viral. And so did 3,000 and 3,400 other people made a video to that sound. <laughs> so it went like super viral. I mean, I'm talking about my voice reached millions of people, man. And I'm just blown away at how one act of obedience, like just that feeling in my heart. Yeah. So I need to post about this. And I remember thinking like, this isn't really a ministerial video. I'm like, I'm just telling Christians to watch the video to the end. Like, so that way we can help other content creators get their stuff out. You know, I'm like, this is not really a big deal, but it really was. It reached millions of people and I didn't even know I'm over here living my life. Uh, but anyways, so I said, okay, God, I know you're, you're calling me in the right direction. So we just, you know, try to continue. And I wasn't really reaching a whole lot of people. You know, that was just like one in a million type of videos. Um, but then me and my wife started going through some issues in our marriage and, um, you know, I'm just being transparent, man. There was this one time where I, you know, got my son and I left and it really, you know, um, threw the dung pile up in the air, man. You know what I mean? It really yeah. messed things up. And, um, me and my wife have always dealt with things through the love of Christ and, and in the truth, knowing that it's, it's, not us that lives. We're no longer ours anymore. So we just realized like, Hey, we're, we're in this spot because we're not walking in the truth. We're not walking in the love of God. And we just decided to come together and and just drop it. It's just hard. That's like the, one of the hardest things to do dealing with any relationship or any situation is to literally just deny yourself in that moment to abandon your rights, to not be hurt, to hurt for one another and to just submit to one another in the love of Christ. And that's what we did. Yeah. And I remember that day, man, um, she was weeping and she's crying because I mean, I hurt her, man, you know? And, um, I mean, I was hurt. So I like in my hurt, hurt people, hurt people, man. You know, Uh, I say that slower hurt people, hurt people. So I was like, we were in that place. And, uh, that, that same day that we reconciled together, and just decided, like, hey, we were just tripping. We were re- we were literally just getting caught up in the lies of the flesh and selfishness, and taking our eyes off the gospel. Yeah, she was crying, and I told her, hey, and I have a like I have a way of taking her off in this way. I guess you can say <laughs> I dropped in quick. That's that's. I think that's all of us. You my, know, my man. Like we all. Yeah, like we I'm, all know that I'm, trigger <laughs> to the wife where you're like, if I do this one thing. I'm going to get, like, if I didn't know what hell looked like, this is what's going to be uh, just by purposely yeah. doing this one thing. And you're like, and not to make fun of hell, but, like, it, you, a woman who's mad is not a good thing. Oh, it's angry. I'm going to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just dropped things too quick, I guess, man. And uh, I was already over it. 
You know, I was yeah. like, all right, well, we're moving on. We're, we're focusing on Christ. I'm like, as if it never happened. And she's still dealing with the fragments, you know? Yeah. So she was crying. Her eyes are puffy and everything. And I was just like, hey, God put it on my heart to post a prayer video. Pray for people. And um, she she was like, no, that's weird. Like, I don't I don't even like seeing people do that. I feel like it's fake. Like, it's weird. And I was like, no, it really, it's, I like it because it's like you're praying and, and every person that that video reaches, it's like you're laying hands on them and praying for them specifically, you know? Yeah. So just think of it as you praying, praying for someone. Like some, somebody's going to get hit with this prayer and it's going to help them, you know? Like you're, you're interceding for them. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. She was like, all right, fine. And it's just, I had to kind of like convince her, man. She's like, I don't have makeup. I'm like, I look like a mess and all this stuff. But sure enough, man, we just like literally said a quick 30, 40 second prayer. I didn't put hashtags on it. I just put a quick sound on it, posted it. And that video reached over 3 million people. Oh, wow. And that's really where everything kicked off with the ministry because people started tuning into our live streams a whole lot, you know? People started tuning in, and and um, God just pretty much put this on us, man. He brought us to this place of focusing on what truly matters, man, in, in Christ, and positioned us to be completely emptied. And then, um, you know, he just put it on my heart to start discipling people, man, having church services, and that's pretty much where it started. We've just been, been at it ever since, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing is... Uh, what? How did you grow up? Was your family a Christian family? Like, when did you get saved, and how did it look growing up for you? Nah, my family wasn't a, a Christian family. Um, there was always kind of like a a reference for faith in a way. There was kind of like this idea of God. They kind of had this. I don't know. I mean, in a way, they were believers, but. I know what a believer is now and we didn't grow up in that, you know, um, my mom's family. When the, the reason I say my mom's family is because I grew up with my mom, uh, for six years of my life, my mom was a single mom. Yeah. As soon as I was born, pretty much my parents were divorced. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids. My two older brothers were put in custody with my dad and my sister and I were put in custody with my mom strange as that is that's how the dice fell, you know and yeah. um so i i just knew like my, my mom's family most of all and they kind of had like a catholic background but there really wasn't like this religious feel to it mm-hmm. you know so we didn't we didn't have a grid for faith you know i remember you know we we i kind of heard about it here and there my mom would try to take us to church sometimes, but nothing ever really stuck. Like I didn't really get it, you know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we went quiet for a I second. I had a feeling like, yeah, there was a train going by. Yeah, no, no, it's <laughs> so, all good. <laughs> so he probably feels like, hey, they just got super quiet on me. I was like, uh, that train was blowing its horn and everything, so it's all kind of get quiet for a second. But yeah, so no, no, I heard, I heard a little bit of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's no, no problem. So you. So they were kind of, would you say it's kind of like the Easter Christmas kind of Catholic kind of thing going on there? Is that uh, kind of not like- even that, man. Because my, 
my mom was like the black sheep of her family. Oh, okay. So uh, there was even that distance as well. Oh, wow. So my mom was really just trying to lead us in the right direction. Like she, she had a rough childhood and she didn't really have a grid for those things anyways, but she wanted the best for her kids. Yeah. yeah. She did her best and it, it really wasn't all that great. <laughs> I mean, I love my mom. I have respect for her. She means the world to me, but I just, we didn't really know anything about God, man. Like, uh, when I was 12 years old, I remember though, things changed a little bit. Um, uh, there was this pastor that came to the house and he preached the gospel to us, man. And, um, I remember seeing my mom and my sister crying and I kind of like got caught up in that moment and we said a prayer to go to heaven. <laughs> and I yeah. say that with intentionality, man, because that's what it meant to me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. I'll believe in Jesus. Sure. I will. You know? Yeah. And, and for, for a short moment, man, in my life, like when I was about 12, 13, I had this season where I, I, I did have this infatuation with Jesus, you know, yeah. but I didn't attain it. Like I didn't really understand. I just had this uh, enthusiasm about it all. So you had the um, prayer, but you didn't have any but yeah. discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like real understanding, you know, I didn't really get it, you know? So yeah, it wasn't really like I was not a church boy or anything like that at all. Now, you mentioned up, like you know? living the thug life. So like what do you mean by that? Like like fast forwarding to that. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, um well, from the time I was about 14, 15, um I started getting into smoking bud and um shortly after being an ambitious kid and all, I started slanging too because I wanted to make money. Yeah. And then, you know, like also around that time, I really started getting exposed to, to mute, to rap music. Um, and cause I didn't have a father figure, man, growing up, I didn't have a, a man to teach me how to be a man and how to practice a lot of the feelings or the thoughts or the dilemmas I was going through, um, yeah. at all. And music was a way for me to deal with all that. If you don't mind um, keep me in mind, asking, what, your your siblings went with your dad. Did you just not see your dad ever again at that point? Or well, I mean, yeah, yeah, for, I would see him. I would oh, okay. see him, but there was this situation between him and my mom that, like, it was it was rare, you know, and yeah. um, it was almost like my mom didn't like me going over there, and my dad was so busy trying to raise, you know, the other two, like my other brothers, and also he was dealing with stuff you know he was dealing with some stuff through life and all man you know so it's pretty complicated i hardly ever went over there you yeah. know what i mean but it wasn't like he just dipped out on us and was like yeah those are my kids kind of thing you know yeah um so it was really just this and that's one of the things that did make it hard man is because i was like i i longed for that you know like um keep in mind like it was just me my mom and my sister yeah so there's just two women and even though at, at six, seven years old, my mom got married um, to my stepdad, I didn't really know the guy. He went yeah. to work 14, hour, 14, 15 hour days every single day. Um, hardly ever saw him. When he got back, he was so tired that he was just like chilling, you know? Yeah. And uh, he didn't really have that structure either. So he didn't, he didn't know how to be a dad or anything. And, and you know, he, 
to, to his to his knowledge, like to his understanding, busting his butt every day was being a dad for us, and I appreciate that so much, man. But I was struggling. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, I, I had this longing, like, man, I want to be with my brothers. I want to see my dad, and um, I, it wasn't um, it wasn't that often that I would, you know what I mean? So yeah. So yeah, I didn't really really have that growing up, you know. Um, but yeah, so because of that, like I, I confided in things like rap music and they, all they taught me, like the artist that I listened to was hustle, get your money. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the yeah. rap thing, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. um, it's crazy. Cause I remember having this attitude, like about drugs and stuff. Like, why do you even need it? Like you weren't born with it. Like you, you don't even, I thought it was stupid, you know, to smoke. I'm like, why would you do that? If you know it damages your lungs and if you know it hurts your body, why in the world are you going to do some drugs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm there like heavy drug user and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it was where like that little glimpse of, of God that I had, I, I wanted to like impact other people. Mm-hmm. So I thought that hanging out with like the bad crowd, I would have an opportunity to influence them. But the opposite always happens, man. And that's kind of where it all like turns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just really being influenced more by the world than anything. Being that the the world was really the only guide I had to yeah. try to figure out what life was all about. So for the next ten years I got caught up in being in and out of jail. Um, I was addicted to drugs about ten years from about I would say maybe thirteen, uh, all the way up to 21, 2016, I was 21 years old, um, dealing with depression, anxiety, in and out of toxic relationships. I tried committing suicide multiple times, man. Um, yeah, that's what I mean by the thug life, man. I remember um, robbing places and stuff late at night and hitting up hotels and jacking cars and stuff like that. You can know? I ask you? So to you, say the least, you know, <laughs> like thug life. Can I ask you, um, during that... <clears throat> From what you said, you like want to help people, and I, and I mean, this is maybe a great example of where they're in the Bible. It talks about like, hey, Apollos planted the seed, and Paul watered it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, that sounds like that's a similar story in your life. Where hey, at that age, yeah, I just said a prayer to just get go to heaven. That's all I wanted was hey, I'm getting saved from hell, but there was a seed that seemed to be planted in that moment that even knowing you were longing for a father, longing for that, that hole to be filled somehow and doing drugs and uh, listening to music and doing probably sex, rock and roll, all that good stuff. Um, well, not good stuff, but <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, definitely yeah. <laughs> one of those things that was there, but, during that time, like even when you tried to kill yourself and stuff like that, did you have moments where you felt like there's maybe you didn't know at the time, but now looking back, was there like, would you feel like maybe God's presence in that moment? Like, no, like this isn't, this isn't the time. Yeah. Yeah. You. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. was there ever, was there ever like moments where I like had faith moments? Yeah. Well, like the interesting thing about like my story, man, is that I made music. So around that time that, that I said that prayer, um, in that passion, in that zeal, um, I realized one day when I walked into my room, how profoundly influenced I was by the music I was listening to. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is really influencing me. I was like, if I could get God's word and, and re- make some really awesome music, I could really influence people with music, the kingdom of God. So I remember it clearly, man. Like when I walked in and had this realization, I stopped for a few minutes and I just prayed to God. And I was like, God, if you bless me with talent, um, with music, like I'll use it for your kingdom, you know? And uh, I just kind of became obsessed with, with rap music. I remember throughout middle school and high school, I was always working on lyrics, man. And every time I finished a page of lyrics, I would tear out a page and fold it up, put it in my back pocket. Like I would write so many lyrics that I would always choose SWAT. Like when I would get in trouble, I'll be like, I'll take the SWAT. Cause I wore <laughs> baggy pants that they couldn't tell that I had a big old stack of paper in my back pocket. So when they would swap me, I would just sign the, the pink slip and I'm like, all right, let's go. You know? So they figured it out and started sending me to ISS. But so I just practiced a lot, you know? And, um, so because of that, I had this kind of record, this, this reference of, of music and that, that reflects what I was thinking throughout the years, you know? Yeah. And there was always kind of this essence of faith in there. But I really think it was more like positive thinking. And um, because I remember thinking, man, like when I would be stuck in sin and I would get moments where I would get convicted. And I was like, but no, that's why Jesus died, though. So I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's really more. It was it was a crutch then. Now, atheists are always like, oh, you only like, you know, Christianity because it's like a crutch. Well, for me, in those moments, it was it was kind of like this. You know, when it's convenient, I'll kind of pull that string, yeah, kind of thing. You know, it's like your it was life raft, time. like, yeah, yeah. In a way, you know, yeah. Uh, I feel like all humans like to feel some sort of spirituality at some sort of capacity. Yeah, and um, you know, even if you're an atheist, we all have, we all like that well, because we want to feel some sort of fulfillment or, or approval for the way we live our life, you know? And I think that's really more of what it was about. It wasn't really like where I would have moments where I'm like, Oh God, I know you're with me or anything like that. You know, it was really more just this, I don't know, man, it was me making a God into myself and stuff. And yeah, because, you know, and the reason I say it is because I struggled a lot, man. Like going through school, we grew up learning like evolution um, and, and man, I can't even imagine how it's like for the kids going through school today. Like there's a lot of indoctrination going on, but back then even I wondered like, man, what, how do I reconcile these things in my head? So there was always those seeds of, of doubt as well in my mind. Yeah. So yeah, like even though like I had that seed in me and even my music kind of reflects this, this, you know, small essence of, of God and faith and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't, there was no power there, man. It was really not even real. It was really just a, like a, I don't know, man. It's just hollow, you know? Yeah. It wasn't really like powerful for so me, where, man, you know? But yeah. What was so, the turning point? Go ahead. Go ahead. Where was the turning point? Like, um, like you had that in you wanting to help people or wanting to be positive in your, in your lyrics and stuff like that. But where was your turning point to Christ? Um, you know, when I finally like came to Christ in repentance, I was in jail 2016, but I think that the turning point 
was when um when I saw one of my brothers in the casket, man. Um, and and I say he's my brother. He's he's actually like a um, a distant cousin of mine, but we grew up together, you know, and mm-hmm. he meant a lot to me. Like we had dreams together. Like I remember he used to tell me like, yo, we're going to make it. You're going to make it in the rap game. And, you know, we had dreams, man. And, um, he, he kind of grew up in a similar situation, you know, and, um, I just loved him so much. I love him, you know, and yeah. he was, I, I'm convinced he was killed, man. Um, just to make a long story short, having those dreams with him, you know, and, and, um, and even before that, even before he passed away, uh, um, there was a, a really good friend of mine who I did music with and there was some, he was part of that whole thing to make it in the game and to make a, a an impact or a name for ourselves. Keep in mind that, that I say that with intentionality, but to make a name for ourselves with music and stuff like that, but they both passed away. Yeah. So when, you know, his name is Josh. When Josh passed away, I seen him in the casket. It really just hit me like crazy. Cause I'm like, well, what's the point? Like I remember seeing him hustle with me. He had mm-hmm. a lot of schemes of his own and, you know, I really believed in him too. And now he's here in a casket and he's just going to get eat- eaten by worms. And these are horrible thoughts to think, yeah. man. Like you don't yeah. want to hear, you don't want to let your family hear those thoughts because they're going to be like, how could you say, how could you talk like that about him? Um, I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's in heaven or hell, honestly, but those thoughts tripped me out. And I think that that's one of the things that really threw me down into despair because I had been through a lot, man. I yeah, I lost everything at this point. When, when I was in jail, 2016, I didn't have anything. I had gotten busted. Um, with over half a pound of bud and I lost everything, man. So, but, but Josh's death really like messed with my mind. And, and I think it really kind of broke through the stone over my heart. Um, but while I would get high and stuff, you know, um, I remember dating this girl and one of the conditions was her mom was like, if you're going to date my daughter, you're going to come to church with us. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll go. <laughs> and um god bless them both man um um i, I kind of get uh silent when i think about how i was man because i used to be so cynical i would use people for my benefit and i would put on such a show for people man um really like i could have got an oscar man but um yeah. i used to walk around <laughs> with a backpack full of weed cocaine whiskey in my back pocket you know, I mean, in my in my backpack, and um, and I would go to church like that, man. You know, crazy. Yeah. But while I was attending that specific church, there was a guy there named Armando, and he actually gave me this book called Four Blood Moons by John Hagee. He's yeah. like, brother, you need to read this, and and I think they saw through me, man. Like I I, I thought I was pretty deceitful and stuff, but I don't know. They might have seen through me, and I think he <laughs> gave this book to me in faith. And this book pretty much um, puts into perspective the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and how it really makes you think about how close Christ is in mm. his return. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I read a little bit of it, but it was just something that I would trip out with the boys while we got high, you know? Yeah. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is life changing. So it was yeah. just something I read and I was like, that's a trip. So fast forward, I'm in jail in despair, hope. 
And and I wasn't like I give up, God, I give it all to you. I was I was sitting in jail, even though I got busted. I knew I was probably gonna go to prison or something. Um, I was there thinking of how as soon as I got out of jail, I'm gonna come back up. I'm gonna run the streets again. I'm gonna do these things. You know, I'm gonna be the biggest that anybody's ever seen. You know, I had these things going through my head, um, but for some reason, um, I would sit there and try to read the Bible with no understanding. I, it was like, you know, you read and and you're thinking of something else entirely. That's the kind of studying I was doing in jail. Yeah. And keep in mind, there was a TV and there's like a bunch of dudes, you know, joking around and you like talking all this mess all the time. So I was, I don't even know why I was reading it, man. Honestly, it's just the Holy Spirit made me just wooing me, pulling me in. And I started thinking about this book for blood moons that, uh, that uh, Armando had given me um, in church. And man, I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this book. For like a couple of weeks, I was sitting there thinking about it, thinking like, man, I really need to read this book. So um, sure enough, they transfer this dude who used to be in a single cell. And and they had him in there because he was actually like dangerous. Like he he was beating up people in, in one of the like tanks where they had multiple men in there. Yeah. So he was in this single cell and they brought him over to our tank. And um, he sees me trying to read the Bible one day and he's like, hey, I don't know why, but you, you need to read this, bro. And I look up and it's that book, man, The Four Blood Moons. <laughs> and I look at him like, what in the world is going on right now? You know, and he's, yeah. like, he's like, bro, I don't know. He's like, I don't know you, dude. Just read it. I don't know. I think you might find it interesting. <laughs> He's like, read this dang book. Bro, don't beat me up. I'll read the book. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, I, and I'm just like, all right, you know. So I have no distractions. I'm in jail. Like, I can't get high. I can't hustle. I can't do anything. So I dig into this book, and it blows me away. All the doubts I had. All the, um, I guess you could say like the dilemma in my brain where it wasn't reality. It was just about like this kind of like hopeful attitude toward going to heaven. That's what I thought Christianity was. Like, I thought it was just this hopeful attitude. Well, we don't know what's going to happen in the afterlife. So, I mean, we might as well just kind of like believe in this idea of Jesus. So that's what I had. Yeah. All those things were answered with the reality of the overwhelming reality of the fulfillment of biblical prophecy throughout recorded history mm-hmm. and what's going on in our current event in regard to like eschatology, like the Ezekiel war, you know, all these things blew yeah. me away, man. It's almost like God put me in a corner and he was like, look, here's the proof. You can see it right now. It's either you choose, you choose me or you choose your own way. And I was like, yeah, I can't say no to you. And, and I just said, all right. And then it's crazy because um, a couple of nights after that, I had this crazy dream, man. Like, um, it just pretty much really made it real to me. Like, I had these visions and stuff, and it was so powerful, man. Like, and I can't really explain it all that much anymore. And I think that that's just because God um, has brought me to a place where that's not all that important anymore. But I remember hearing God's voice in that dream. And it was so loud and so real to me, man. Like it vibrated my body physically and it woke me up. 
And as soon as I woke up, I started recording the dream and I couldn't, I couldn't stop writing, man. Like I couldn't, I had to keep going and keep going. And then as soon as I got done writing it, I was like, well, what does all this mean? And then I started writing again and it's like this interpretation of the dream. But <sighs> pretty awesome. much, man, like the fear of the Lord was in me, man. You know, it was like, I, I really got hit with the fear of God and I saw how real the Bible was, you know? Yeah. And that right there was, that was it. Um, a few days after that, I went to court and by a miracle of God, they just put me on, you know, um, they put me on, uh, like it, I was going to get out of jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the court date was going to be set back later. And then that night I go back, uh, that day I go back to jail. I'm sitting in County again. And like at five in the morning, they, they wake me up and they say, Hey, let's go. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm finally getting out, you know? but they're actually transferring me to another jail to take care of some like child I have in another County. And on the way over there, when they're transferring us, it's like an hour and a half, two hours away. Yeah. The bailiff, you know, he, the one who's transferring us, I don't even know if that's the right word, but he had a cigarette and keep in mind, man, that like, I was always smoking something like, for real. Like I was, yeah. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. I was smoking a cigarillo full of weed. If I wasn't smoking those two things, I was smoking foilies. You know, yeah. I was going hard in the paint all the time. I always had something in my mouth smoking it. And uh, he has me a cigarette and out of habit, you know, just I'm like, all right, I smoke. I'm going to get one. And um, it's held it. It tasted so disgusting. And, and I just started coughing and I just couldn't do it. You know, like, you know, I understand if you didn't smoke in a while, that's one thing. Yeah. There's just this taste I had in my mouth that it would just, I, my body rejected it. It recoiled at it. And, um, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. Man. And I just gave it to the dude next to me, man. And, um, they transferred me out of the jail and I just started ministering to people, man, sharing them th with this discovery I had in the reality of the scriptures. And yeah. then I got out, man. And, um, when I got out, like when they finally let me out that day, I remember seeing the colors in the sky and it was like so real, so vibrant, man. Like it was like, I was looking at these things for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. It was so mind blowing. Yeah. And my sister, my older sister took me in, you know, she's living in a place called Alpine, Texas, which is like, you know, West Texas mountains, big bend national park area. Yeah. So and from there for the next eight to nine months, um, or no, it was actually about six months. I just spent in the word of God, man, just no distractions, no influences. I got a job at a hotel and I just, man, like really getting into the, into the word, man, and really coming close to Jesus. So it was kind of like a supernatural deliverance, man. Yeah. Um, but I just have to say, um, that my testimony is honestly in the risen Christ, man. Like I could share like, all these crazy, amazing experiences and healing healings that I've had personally and, and all that stuff. And this is interesting enough what I've shared so far, but I just have to say this, man, like it doesn't matter what my testimony is. Yeah. We should all have our faith in Christ based upon the resurrection. Every instant we, every instance that we see in the word of God, where people, um, where the apostles are preaching the gospel, they always point to the resurrection. Yeah. Even in the epistles, not just in the book of Acts, they're always like Jesus was risen from the dead. Yep. Romans, he says he was shown to be the son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit in the resurrection. 
Um, and I think that that's honestly, especially in this day and age, if it was true then, how much more true is it now in a day of skepticism that we can be certain the gospel is true because of the resurrection. Like if Jesus rose, if he didn't rise from the dead, then nothing matters, man. Yeah. But if he did, then everything that he said he is, is true. And everything he promises us, all the freedom that he promises us is, is so much more true. So whether you're dealing with anything, whether you relate with my story or you don't, I don't care what you're dealing with. Yeah. There is so much overwhelming evidence in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for us to conclude reasonably and logically that he did rise from the dead. And because of this fact, there is freedom for all of us, not just for the forgiveness of sin, but also from the power of sin so that we can live a life of rest in him to, to have this hope in his second. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. so I just oh, have yeah. to say that real quick. Cause that's, no, I love that's that. really Good. where our testimony is at, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, like, Cause that's really where it's at, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Without I, that, <laughs> your, te- your story is just a story. It's not a, uh, something that your testimony leads to Christ. Right. Cause so, I, you know, you always hear people going, well, Jesus died for my sins, which he did. But then he rose, you know, yeah. like it, it, the, the, it's not complete until the resurrection, really. Like Jesus' work was finished on the cross, but it was complete in the resurrection. And something you said, Victor, that mm-hmm. I thought of earlier, and I just didn't want to interrupt, but something you talked about atheists who are always like, well, you're, you're just holding on to that as a crutch or whatever. What's funny is we were talking about this in a Bible study last night is that, uh, like the Bible says, the the law of God's written on your, every man's heart. And I'm like, I think that <laughs> when I think it's really funny when atheists argue, because you're like, you know, that even like you know what God's lies, like they're, Everybody wait, like knows at some point in their life, like, hey, like it's it's not good to punch someone in the face. <laughs> like, there's, right? There's a it's moment some moral in your life ground and your like, compass. And I think that's why, even way back in history, people were always looking to the sky and looking for things. Uh, obviously, because they know that there's something greater than them, and that's God. That's Jesus Christ. That's who who you're looking for it's not uh the abominable snowman and whatever else you're trying to look for but it is jesus who died and rose again for your life to save you from the sin that the fiery death that we should all earn and hell wasn't made for us that's why god wants us to have an option to go to heaven and not just hey you get this free heaven pass like Victor said, but more of a, Hey, I get to have a relationship with God and help people bring them to Jesus and grow in Jesus. Because if I'm not growing and I'm just staying stagnant, I'm going to just become a butthole. And that's really what, what we right. all turn and into at that point, if we're not seeking Christ. And, he, and Christ said that he, he gave us life to live abundantly. So like when people, Oh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to live my life if I, you know, give up all this garbage and follow Christ. 
No, Christ wants you to live your life abundantly. You know, that's why there's some things that we just shouldn't do because <laughs> not good for us, you know, but. And that's not yeah, to like, say. Honestly, man, that's one of the things that when, when I was stuck in depression and all these things, um, I would get depressed because I, I did feel like things were pointless. You know, I yeah. struggled with those thoughts and pushed them away as fast as I could. So when they really started setting in after I saw um, my cousin die, or after I saw him dead in the casket, um, it just really hit even harder. I realized, like, man, there is no life outside of Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I see that. Now I have that understanding. But I had this yearning for that. Yeah. I knew this, but I couldn't connect it to any truth. So I looked in the world for everything that that could, could that could meet that fulfillment, and it's crazy because it's almost like I picture this hole. I, I picture this like soil, right? And there's this hole in the soil. Every time I try to fill it up with something, that 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 substance that I tried to fill it up with disintegrates, and it leaves the hole even deeper. Yeah, yeah. And I repeat the cycle over and over and over and again, over again. And then I noticed too, also now that I look back, that everything I did was out of self-preservation at the expense of other people. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So like every, every motive that man has in this world is for their own interest at the expense of others. Like, so people, they don't care. Like I didn't care whenever I was lost. I didn't care who suffered at the, at the end of my schemes, as long as I got what I wanted. Yeah. Even in even in our attempts to be quote unquote selfless or loving or anything <laughs> outside of Christ, even those things are really rooted in selfishness, self glorification, um, and it's really just like pointless, man. Whether we're monk, whether we came from monkeys or not, outside of Christ, it doesn't even matter. You yeah. know, like you're just gonna die and become dust anyway. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. Um, I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with today. You know, so that's why they. I really embrace living in living according to their appetite, you know? Yeah. And when I found Christ, it really wasn't, now it's not even really about a crutch. It's really just seeing the beauty of, of true life. Yeah. And just rejoicing in it. And I think, you know, like I don't have anything to like, to make me want a crutch. Like I'm redeemed. I'm completely made whole. Like I'm not scared of anything. And, And honestly, man, like even aside from Christ, um, thinking about death was never really something that was a cause of dread to me because I'm like, well, I mean, it, what's, I want to know. I was just so messed up, man. Like I didn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there was no crutch. Like I was like, I don't need a crutch. Who cares if I die and I'm gone then. Oh, I wow. mean, what's there yeah. to be scared about? You know, this life is like, I wanted to die anyways. You know what I mean? I was always trying right. to kill myself drugs and, all kinds of crazy stuff, man. But yeah, it's really just the beauty of life. I think one of um, the things we had a guest who talked about an atheist who's all, well, I'm going to live my life to the fullest and super sad that this is like, he mentioned that he went to the grand Canyon and saw the beauty in it. And I was like, and something I forgot to say in that was we've had Christian scientists on the podcast and like, like the evidence that they even talked about, <laughs> about the Grand Canyon. They're like, they try to prove it by like a water dripping 
for hundreds of millions of years and it carved out the whole thing. And they're like, but if you look at science completely, what it shows is that when the flood of Noah happened, it there had to be these cracks in the earth that water flooded through quickly in different areas to flood areas. Yeah. And that is what happened. And so we see the, as Christians see way more beauty in that because you're like, Hey, I see what God created. I see evidence of what has transpired in history of what happened when Noah's Ark happened and stuff like that. And even some things that were mentioned, like, Oh, we don't know. Like the person said something like, we don't know if, uh, all the animals made it on the ark or whatever. And I'm like, and just so if our listeners are listening, my thought, just so all of you guys know, (laughs) is that how did they not? Because they'd be dead if they didn't make it on the ark. That was my thought. So I was like, right. If a a lion's not going to swim for 90 days yeah, (laughs) and survive. There's plenty of logical explanations for it. Yeah. There's plenty of logical explanations for those things. And that's really what, helped me come to Christ, man, is thinking logically about the word of God and, and the accounts that it gives us. And yeah. and it's really not just about the evidence, man. It's, it's really about the understanding that we have about the world we live in, in regard to sin and corruption. Yeah. And, um, and you one said of the things something, that really messed with me. Huh? Sorry. You said something, I think on TikTok where you're like, somebody was like, Oh, I read my Bible. I read my Bible and you're like, and maybe it wasn't you, but maybe it's somebody else I heard, but they go, it's, it's fine to read your Bible. But what I'm talking about is studying the Bible where you're not just reading it like a book and being like, okay, check that box. It's more of studying it and learning what God's saying and what God's telling you through these things like David's life and what Jesus was telling in parables mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that people yeah. go, it gives you understanding. Um, yeah, and if you're just reading it, you're not going to get any understanding. Like, I could read a whole book and be like, wow, that's a fantastic book. I don't remember what it was about, though. Right. When you look at Scripture and, the you yeah. know, even the word says it's living and active. And um, to me, like, that's always fascinating because it's so true. Like yeah. I've read through the Bible several times and like had stuff pop up to me where it's like, I know I've read this before. I know for certain I have, but this time it just hit different, you know, like it really said something to me. Like, not that it didn't say something to me before, but it really applied to my life in a, in a, in a new way at that point, you know? And it's like, man, this I love it because it is living and active. You know, yeah. I really can read through it several times and get something different out of it each time. I, you know, I've had pastor friends that they were studying through scriptures and doing it like verse by verse or like chapter by chapter and or breaking down, a, you know, just even a, a verse or a paragraph and like really delving into just what this one thing really means or what it's meaning to them. And I, I don't know. I I just find that fascinating that we can, it's something that we can study all of our lives and not be done. Yeah. Just the manifold wisdom of God, man. It blows us away. Yeah. 
And um, I just think that all all in all, like all these things we're talking about, um, <laughs> it, it really it gives us understanding about the world that we live in, man. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that really bugged me is this world is messed up, man. People are messed up. And um, Proverbs says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Like understanding is, is where it's at. Yeah. And now as I go through this life, I rejoice in Christ because I have this understanding of what is going on in the world yeah. and how he has answered that in his finished work and in his Holy Spirit, enabling us to walk in love, walk in the love of Christ and to process everything we see going on in this world, especially in these last days. It yeah. just really, really encourages me in the faith. And, and I don't have any fear looking forward. You know, yeah. all these things Jesus said would happen are happening right now in front of our face. Yeah. Um, so when you look at how amazing the word of God is and, and how, like, how much evidence there is for biblical accounts of, like, the flood and, you know, all this kind of stuff, even the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a lot of people even just stop there at the evidence, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, so I believe. And they just keep going and they just believe it. They only <laughs> believe for the day that they die. You yeah. know, so those things only convince them to live, to believe that Jesus died for their sin. But when there's so much more for us to walk in, you know, to walk in peace and understanding, there's so many people that are struggling with all kinds of things, man. Like they're struggling with depression, anxiety, even after they've been saved. Yeah. You know, and it's because they don't have understanding that evidence doesn't point to point them to the actual message that's in the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it has for me, man. And, and, and I know it has for y'all too. Y'all are really resonating with, with this whole thing. Um, this gives us an understanding of the world we live in yeah. through understanding the finished work of Christ. And it yeah. has us walking in freedom so that way there's rivers of living water coming out of us and, and we're like living the gospel out in front of people. Yeah. And this confidence yeah. that we have in the last days or rather that we should have in the last days is actually speaking to everybody the certainty of the testimony that is in the word of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And man, like, I really just want to encourage people to, to walk in that place. Yeah. That's what I want in, in the ministry that I'm pushing. That's what I'm really trying to get at. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to call Christians back to Christianity, and because God just didn't save me, you know, He He brought me into this place where I'm lit, man. Yeah, <laughs> because of what He's shown me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think what's funny is, um, I was watching TikTok today, just a few videos, because I watched yours and then I moved to the next one, and the guy who was doing the video under you, I, I don't know, he just reminds me of like a televangelist where. They're trying to scare the crap out of you, kind of scare you out of hell, basically. And I was like, I was sitting there, but his thing was like uh, talking about Israel and just trying to be like, hey, you guys need to be scared and be worried about this because we're in tribulation already. We're in the seven years right now. And I'm like, how do you know, like. How do you know that? Like, I understand what you're saying, but you're not backing it up with Bible. You're not, you're not doing any of that. You're just telling people like, freak out, be scared. And I'm all that is not useful, but I do know. And that's like, not of God either though. Yeah. Like you're telling people to freak out and be scared. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Bible says, do not fear. Like, like, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, God doesn't, like, we have the, uh, a. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord as a respectful, like, fear of the Lord, but not like a a cowering type of fear of the Lord. Um, Yeah. And I think it's just amazing to me that, like, people try to use God for those kind of things, and it's for clout, like you said. Oh, I'm trying to earn clout. <laughs> and you're like, that's not the way to do it. I mean, we should watch Israel. Like, they they are someone we need to pay attention to, and I know they're at war right now, and so I, like, definitely have been praying for them and just being, like, and, like, thoughts of, like, hey, I back Israel on this one, like, 100%. Like, yeah. Well, and we're told to pray for the peace yeah, of I mean, Jerusalem. You yeah. know, the Bible says to pray for the peace mm-hmm. of Jerusalem more than once. You know, it's like, okay, that's what we as Christians need to be doing. And I've always felt that if the United States pulled their backing, you know, from Israel as an ally, we'd be we'd be doomed, basically. You yeah. know, like... It, you know, the, it's the Bible says say that because um, that's actually one of the things that I read in, in a couple of those books, man. Um, yeah. Cause there's a couple of books that dude had in jail, but you can see in prophecy that was represented by like, well, we can kind of speculate what could be yeah. rep- represented by America. There's no America in sight. Right. In regard to the last days in Israel and the events that are surrounding Israel, we don't see like any kind of help from any other country. They're all on their own. So that way God gets the glory when they're delivered. Mm. And I mean, looking at what's going on in our country today with the people who are in power, even though they're there by crime and being crooked, um, we can only see this path to where that's the inevitable. The United, the United States pulling out its support from Israel of willingly or having to do it because we're dealing with something in and of ourselves over here. Yeah. yeah. Either one makes sense, you know, like right now. And, and we can see like the end times are upon us, but yeah. it really should encourage Christians and give us an urgency. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. You know, I actually have a song. I said, um, in one of the, in one of the lyrics, it goes, it's encouraging when I look around and see the current events going the way the Bible said it would occur in the end, you know, and it, it is because this is exactly how Jesus said things would happen. Yep. So like, Hey, we see it. Are you going to believe his word now? Like everything in his word that is, you know, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Yep. Let's grab hold of it and let's start lighting other people on fire because he's coming soon. And when he comes, that's it for, for people who reject him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this life, like James said, is a vapor. And so if you're listening right now, like, hey, I'm going gonna, gonna to hold off. I'm going to wait. I'm going to not talk to that person that I need to. I think it's probably the best time to just kind of, hey, like, what do you believe? And really get to know people because I've been talking to the guys I do a Bible study with. And I kind of told you and and filled you in about my wife's family and how they are. And like, they've just encouraged things like, Oh yeah, you definitely should ask like, cause I was like, my father-in-law would be probably my first 
first person I really want to talk to because he was a Baptist for many years. And mm-hmm. I'm like, um, I just want to ask him like, Hey, what do you believe? And like opening those doors of just like, Hey, this is what I believe. And then being like, okay. Uh, he probably would be like, well, what do you believe <laughs> like going into that? Yeah. And like, just kind of opening those doors of people and just seeing where they're at. If they're like totally shut down, locking you out. Okay. Maybe this isn't the time to do that, but you've had planted a seed, whether you thought you did or not that you, Hey, I'm open to hearing what you believe just so you can tell them what you believe and fill them in. And like we talk about is your testimony can get you to the next level with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- that, yeah, I feel what you're saying, brother. That remind me of, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was uh, Card Cardigan Cowboy, that his friend was the atheist, and was telling him like he wanted to live his life to the fullest, and if I, you know, follow after God or whatever, then I can't. And he was like, told him like, well, this is why I believe that you can, and then kind of uh, lost contact with him. But some a uh, few years later, and uh, the guy had become a Christian, and yeah. he was like, "Well, what what happened?" Wow. And he was like, "You started it. You had an honest conversation with me, and you didn't and and you smash didn't me into the yeah, dark. you didn't. You told me what you you felt. I told you what I felt, and we and we still stayed friends. And because of you, because you listened to me." and had a conversation with me, that's what started drawing me to Christ. And I just, I love that. And that, you know, that's why we love to do this podcast because hearing people's stories and, and uh, their people's stories are going to touch people's lives different than when, than we ever will. And your story is important, you know, like you just saying today that, Hey, yeah, this is what I went through, but really the rest, um, I really what I came down to was the resurrection of Christ and really following that. And I, I, I just love that because that's really complete. You know, yeah. that's, that's really complete there. Christ died for us for our sins and he rose for us and conquered the grave for us. Yeah. Amen, man. Amen. It's definitely powerful, man. You you can never judge um, like you never know when you're planting a seed, so you might as well just speak up about the gospel anyway. You know, yeah. there's been times where I've worked at, um, like a, a gas station where I would always tell people about Jesus. I would always mention Jesus every chance I got. And some people just look like they were not having it. <laughs> yeah. Those few people, those few people are some of the people that came back with tears in their eyes, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, I just never would have guessed. So from now on, I'm just bold, man, because you just never know. People yeah. might just have a face that's stuck like that, but yeah. you never know what they're going <laughs> on, what's going on in their head. Yeah, right. <laughs> For sure. And I think <clears throat> this is probably a great time to end the podcast on that note. But the biggest thing that I'd, I never told you, and I don't know if you finished Ray's podcast, but uh, at the end of the podcast, we always ask our guests to pray us out of the podcast. Okay, awesome. 
Yeah, my pleasure, man. Lord God, we come to you humbly and confidently on the basis of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that you have made a way through your son for us to be delivered from the power of sin and for us to be forgiven from the penalty of sin. We thank you, Lord. I ask you that you would bless the ears that are listening to this, that they would come to the knowledge of the truth, that they would have the revelation and the knowledge of you, an intimate knowledge and not just an acknowledgement, but true knowledge of you, Lord. And I pray that all the Christians who are, are listening, that they would abide in the truth and walk in the faith and truly grasp the simplicity of the gospel so that you could move through them powerfully, Lord, in these last days. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Keep their, keep their ministerial efforts focused first on the family and then everywhere else, Lord, with boldness, unashamedly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.